Have you ever wondered how much time your wedding photographer dreams of having for different portions of the wedding day? Or how much time they actually need? Because let's be real, at one time we've all probably thought this, that photography is just pushing a button, right? So I'm also guessing that if you're listening to this episode, you might be a bit of a planning type of personality. So I am here as a wedding photographer to spill all the secrets about what a nearly picture-perfect wedding day photo timeline looks like and why. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to Weddings in Life with Taylor Nicole, a podcast created to give advice and inspiration for anyone planning a wedding from a seasoned wedding photographer's perspective. I believe that wedding planning doesn't only have to be stressful and that it can actually be fun. In each episode, I will address topics from my professional and personal experience, and I'm excited to share my life with you along the way. My heart behind this podcast is that you leave encouraged and inspired. Thanks for listening. Well, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much to everyone who has listened to the start of the season and the first few episodes. It has just been really fun to get back into this podcasting mindset this year. Also, I'm appreciating the slower pace. I am recording this just like five days before this episode needs to air, but I'm planning to spend a lot of time writing, outlining, and recording these episodes over the rest of March and April early May so that I can have a lot of these episodes built up in advance and maybe even scheduled to publish before my own wedding season picks up again because I'm really nervous about missing weeks like I did last year. I really hope to hit my every other week schedule the plans for this year. So since you were listening to this podcast, I think that my own planner or type A personality is just in good company here. So thanks for being a part of it. Also, if you're not a planner, that's okay because my goal for this is that it's like a copy and paste resource. So if you're like, I don't know what my wedding photo timeline should look like, you can go to the show notes or the blog post and literally copy and paste this timeline and kind of edit it to meet your wedding day needs. So it should go either way. But anyways, the photo timeline of a wedding day plays a huge role in the success of the photographer and the quality and craft of the photos. I want to clarify that this episode and this podcast in general is not to take the place or the role of a wedding planner. And I do think that a photo timeline can aid a venue or day of coordinator, but I am not a wedding planner and I'm not trying to be one in this podcast. So a full service wedding planner, first of all, is a godsend. They will help you in so many ways. They help me as a photographer. Um, But a full service wedding planner is going to communicate with your photographer, with your venue, and with all of your vendors. And you likely won't need to give a huge amount of input for the day of timeline because that's literally their job to put it together for you. I'm sure you'll get to have preferences like first look and things like that. Now, comparing that to a venue coordinator or just a day of coordinator, Those two could likely base their plans and timeline of the day based on the photographer's photo timeline. And 
well, they can add in their pertinent details from there. So the timelines and the details that I discuss in this episode will be strictly photo related. I'm not planning out when catering should arrive or when florals should be installed. So a full wedding day timeline is different than a photo timeline. Not by a ton because the photos usually last throughout the whole day, so I touch on different parts of the day. But basically, if I give my photo specific timeline to a bunch of different vendors, it'll be varying levels of helpful to any of them. Like the caterer is probably like, whatever, do your thing. Just don't be late so I can serve dinner on time. <laughs> so the photo timeline, it does go through the whole wedding day. So I touch on most parts of the day, but know that if you are DIYing your wedding, you will need to add quite a few details just to make sure that things run smoothly or hire a wedding planner, full service preferably, or a day of coordinator to really make sure things run smoothly and you don't have to be coordinating everything. That's a personal plug there. I love working with wedding planners and day of coordinators <laughs> because without one, actually the photographer ends up becoming more of the planner and that just stretches us thin and it helps us like do our jobs if other people can do the coordinating and planning. Anyways, I'll get off of that topic for now. So I think there's probably a 50-50, maybe even a 70-30 chance that, is that how chances work? I don't know. But that you will book your wedding photographer in an hourly based photo collection or package. I will occasionally sell full day coverage collections, especially for any out of state weddings I photograph or out of the country weddings. From my experience, I'm going back to a hotel anyways, so it really doesn't matter how long I'm there for the day, but that's just me. <laughs> Um, but from my experience, the majority of mid-range photographers, or even I guess a little budget too, they sell hourly collections, like I do. Side note, I definitely have dreams one day in the future, I don't know how far away, of only selling full day wedding photo coverage because it just gives me so much more freedom to put in my input when it comes to the day of timeline and to create the space that I really want when I'm photographing the couple. But now, for now, hourly options tend to serve my ideal clients well. I'm going to pause here and fix my voice. <laughs> Whew, we are in a danger zone. It is only March, early March, and I am already experiencing some spring allergies. So I will try to keep taking sips of water and make my voice as the least amount annoying that it can be. But this is the second week that I've tried recording and my voice just seems to follow me this way. So. I apologize if the next several episodes include some scratchy voice, Taylor. <laughs> okay, so diving into the timeline of today's episode, I am definitely going to leave a typed version in the show notes too. For visual reference, you can go over to the blog post too and just literally copy and paste that, stick it in your phone if you needed an example. But we're going to stick with this average or usual of a timeline as it can come. This is generic, that's a good word for it. Um, I will talk about an eight hour timeline because that's a general, it's usually six, eight, or 10. I love 12 hours too. <laughs> and then we're going to assume this fake wedding couple that we're talking about today will choose to have a first look before the ceremony and that they have a medium-sized bridal party. Medium-sized, in my opinion, is four to six bridal party members on each side. So that's like 10 to 14 people total in those wedding party pictures, including bride and groom. And then that this wedding will take place in a single location venue or a venue where the getting ready locations, the ceremony, cocktail hour, and reception are all in the same place. 
and that the guests and the couple and vendors do not need to drive between locations during the day. So this is about as simple as it comes. And in Colorado, a lot of venues are the catch-all kind of sort of location. So it's becoming more and more common. And even in some of the out-of-state weddings I photographed, it has been all in one location. I think a lot of times like church weddings or um, honestly, the East Coast weddings, I feel like they're a little bit more traditional and having different venues sourced throughout the day. So obviously including drive times to different locations is very important in your wedding photo timeline. But I wanna make this just really simple and straightforward to talk through. So we are gonna stick with a one location venue. Also something to keep in mind, this is my dream photo timeline. There are different factors for every wedding day and not everyone will have enough time to leave in certain sections, but if I could give input and plan everyone's wedding day photo timeline, this is what it would look like. So keep that in mind and this is coming from almost 10 years of experience in weddings now, so lots of trial and error, but I hope you enjoy this timeline resource. So to start out, I'm just going to talk through the full timeline, like line at a time, and then we'll go, we'll go back and break down each section. I won't break it down too fully because back in season one, I'll have to link the episodes below. I actually talked through each like section of the wedding day in depth. They were very long episodes about getting ready and ceremony and portraits and reception. So lots of episodes there, very long and detailed. I'll probably redo those at some point just to give updates as I've continued to learn and grow. But anyways, here is today's ideal photo timeline breakdown. Okay, 1 p.m., the photographer arrives. 1.05, photograph the details. 2 o'clock, getting ready outfit photos for bride and bridesmaids. 2.10, the bride getting ready and the groom and groomsmen getting ready photographed by the second photographer. 2.40, a first look with the bridesmaids. At the same time, groom and groomsmen's boutonnieres are pinned and finished. 2.45, a bride's first look with her father. 3 o'clock, the first look of the bride and groom and the couple's formal portraits to follow. 3.45, bridal party portraits or wedding party portraits to be correct there. 4.30, all before ceremony portraits are finished, guests begin to arrive, the photographers capture the ceremony and reception room details. 5.30, ceremony time. 6 or 6.15, cocktail hour begins, family portraits with the bride and groom, and then for the remainder of cocktail hour, the bride and groom enjoy cocktail hour with their guests. 7 o'clock, the bride bustles her dress while the guests find their seats in the reception space. 7.15 is the grand entrance into the reception. Around 8 o'clock would be 10 to 15 minutes of golden hour portraits before the sunset. And at 9 p.m. would be the end of photography coverage at the reception, potentially ending with a staged send-off. Okay, so let's go ahead and break down each section fairly quickly. I just want to give you the general time constraint of different sections of the wedding day and a little bit of a rundown of what that could look like. Nothing crazy in depth. I don't want this to be too long of an episode. 
So first, the photographer arrives. Usually they'll go say hi to at least the bride, maybe the groom if they're in the same location or easy to get to. And while we go say hi, I say we because I'm going to be your photographer in this example, <laughs> um, we will grab the details. So I will make another episode about this because the detail list is way too long to just share over a short little podcast episode that needs to cover all the way through the reception, but things like the dress, jewelry, flowers, invitations, the groom's shoes, tie, the wedding rings. So we go grab all of those details and we will photograph them in the best available light. So that could be in the bridal suite. It could be the ceremony room. It could be outside if it's not super windy. You might know that it's Colorado spring when I talk about the wind because it seems like every day is windy lately. <laughs> but for the details, you the photographer, this ideal timeline would be one hour, which seems like a lot, but in all honesty, no matter how often or how much I try to prepare my couples and say, hey, have your details in a little box or bag when I arrive that you could just say, hey, it's in the corner and I take it. It barely ever happens. And even though I say, hey, leave all their wedding rings with the bride for the getting ready, it also rarely ever happens. So then it becomes a little scavenger hunt of like, but where is this detail? And what about this detail? And oh, did you think of your shoes? <laughs> so collecting the details takes a little bit of time. We want it to be as quick as possible. And then to stage them well, um, your photographer will most likely have a lay flat kit. So that means like having a little mat to style things on, little wooden blocks to elevate them. And we use things like extra floral clippings to like elevate that design and involve your wedding colors in there. Um, so some of the main images you can imagine here would be a beautifully styled image of your invitations all laid out or your shoes and jewelry. Like if you have an heirloom, like let's say you're going to like use your grandmother's like wedding comb, but like that is such an important image to get. So to style those well, we leave an hour. Now this seems like a long time. It actually goes very quickly from the photographer's standpoint. It gives us an idea of the style of your day and how to creatively compose, gets our creativity flowing, which is still objects, which I happen to love. And what it really does is gives your hair and makeup artists time to finish everyone's hair and makeup. I'm talking not just the bride, I'm talking all the bridesmaids because at the end of this hour for details, when we go put all the details back where we got them, <laughs> um, the next up is the getting ready outfit photos for the bride and bridesmaids. So traditionally, and I'd say 90% of the time, the bride and bridesmaids will have matching robes or PJs or shirts or flannels. Um, I think PJs have been a bigger trend lately and they might not be matching. Maybe the bride is in white and all the bridesmaids are in a pale blue or something. But basically what happens is we go photograph the details and we're like, hey, I'm coming back at, you know, in one hour at two o'clock everyone needs to be in their getting ready outfit clean up this room like take duffel bags have one designated corner to throw all the extra things so they're out of the photos and then refill glasses of champagne and we are going to show what the beginning of your morning looked like you know everyone together in robes toasting champagne any fun little group pictures i don't know hopefully you agree with me, but like girls love this. So I've had such a fun time with bride and bridesmaids when we've just set aside this time to grab those group pictures. So for the getting ready outfit pictures, we leave about 10 to 15 minutes for those. And that turns out perfectly because you get the group photos, maybe like bride and just her sister or bride and her mom or something. And then what we do is we send off all the bridesmaids and extra people in the room to go get dressed. 
and we clear a space or we take the bride out and we photograph just her and her getting ready outfit while everyone else has a moment to get dressed and clear the room. The main thing to note here is that the mother and sister or maid of honor, whoever is going to be helping the bride into her dress, they need to prioritize getting dressed and ready first thing. So we try to finish their photos so they have a minute to go get dressed because after the getting ready outfit section, the next part is called bride getting ready. But basically that means getting into her dress. And yes, we leave 30 minutes for this. 30 minutes is a minimum. I don't care if your dress is a paper sack that you throw on and you can walk out the door, something might happen. You might decide, oh, I need body tape or, oh, I need extra padding here or, oh, my shoes need a lining because I'm getting a blister. So getting into your dress, like obviously we need the moments of like the mom helping zip or the sister helping put the veil, like all these sweet, quiet moments that I actually love to clear the room for. This is me personally. So I usually have all the bridesmaids go to the bathroom or out in the hallway if they're dressed and be like, hey, wait out here. You get to do a special first reveal with the bride when she's ready. And that creates a really quiet moment and space for the bride and whoever's helping her into her dress. So that means getting into the dress, getting all buttons, zipped, all the things, and then also putting on shoes and jewelry. So these are like, you know, these stage well, not staged moments because she's really getting ready, um, but those beautiful moments in a very still, quiet, simple room. I think simplicity is the key for beautiful getting ready photos. So we need at least 30 minutes. And if it runs early, that is wonderful. <laughs> so after the bride is all ready, and we've had those sweet moments with mom or anyone else. We will do the next section, which is a bridesmaid first look. So that's when we bring all the bridesmaids back in. And then usually I hide the bride around the corner. We line the bridesmaids up and they kind of cover their eyes. The bride comes out and they get to look at the bride and her dress for the first time on her wedding day with the full look and everything done. And it's a really sweet moment. So we're going to back up a little bit. So while we have bride getting ready, I'm scrolling up here on my little timeline to make sure. Yes. So. At the same time, we have groom getting ready, photographed by the second photographer. Um, and so basically, hopefully they're at the same venue, if not close by, the second photographer will grab pictures of the groom and groomsmen and they're getting ready sweets. Maybe they're having a toast or listening to music. I know my husband played board games with some family members or card games, not board games. <laughs> um, even though honestly we love card and board games. So either could really happen there, but that's kind of the groom getting ready. And then, so that's a good like 35 minutes for that. Let me make sure I put that right. Groom getting ready. Yeah. So about 30 minutes. And then at the same time as upstairs, or I say upstairs, cause generally that's the venue I'm thinking of is when the bride and bridesmaids are upstairs, groom and groomsmen are downstairs. Um, but then while we're doing the bridesmaid first look, that is kind of the second photographer's cue of the groom and groomsmen should have their boutonnieres pinned and placed. So hopefully they've adjusted shirts, did cufflinks, put on jackets, and then it's time to make sure they have their um, everything in place. And then the second photographer will be getting group pictures of everyone helping the groom get dressed or getting dressed themselves, putting on shoes, etc. No barefoot pictures. That's my personal preference. <laughs> Um, and then they'll also pull the groom aside, maybe near a window in a good lit area. And we'll do some solo pictures of the groom. So kind of like how we photographed the bride in her getting ready attire. And then also like putting on her jewelry. Um, we would photograph the groom, maybe adjusting. Honestly, it's like we photograph him like he's James Bond. So we'll do like adjust the coat button, adjust the watch 
band cufflinks bow tie looking off to the side and then like stare down at the camera so anyways that's you can get a preview of what i love to have images of in that time <laughs> um okay so then fast forwarding from that so after the bridesmaid first look and then the groom and groomsmen making sure all the boutonnieres are pinned the next item on the list is the first look with dad i allotted 15 minutes for this because sometimes it just takes that long logistically to get everything set up um so sometimes the second photographer or the wedding planner will help or you know what if the bride's mom has her cell phone on and they have the relationship where she can call him and tell him where to be gets very helpful but usually what we do is we leave the bride and bridesmaids in the getting ready suite we go position dad for our first look and then we walk the bride and usually like mom or sister out with her so that they get to see the moment too or it can just be the bride and dad if she wants that in a separate space and we walk the bride up behind the dad. He turns to see her. It's the first look. So the 15 minutes is really just getting everyone set up and making sure that everything is ready there. And then after the first look with dad, the next main event on the timeline is the first look of the bride and groom and the couple's formal portraits. So in our dream timeline world, we are leaving 45 minutes for this. And it actually works out really well because first of all, we never want to rush the first look of the bride and groom. We don't want it to be like a, hey, turn around to see the love of your life. Now let's go into these, you know, hundred sets of posed portraits. Um, so basically my team and our philosophy is to set everything up, make sure we have the angles we need so we don't somehow miss the groom's reaction when he turns to see the bride and we actually like to get the bride's reaction too. Um, so using those both photographers there. But then... Um, Sorry, lost my train of thought there. So after they see each other, they get a moment to talk. So we usually tell them like, hey, tell us when you're ready for photos. So some couples, you know, embrace, they'll cry, they'll talk for a little bit. Others, like they're ready to go right away. So no wrong answer there. And then after that, some couples are choosing to do personal vows. So sharing a vow that they actually don't share in the big ceremony, but it's more personal and applicable to them. And so we'll photograph them saying those, talking, or if they exchange gifts, and then we get dive into all those formal portraits. So these are the classic ones of the bride and groom together, the bride individually, the groom individually. And so having two photographers here is vital because we can get those individual portraits and the together portraits. So this is the main time of day for those like formal couple portraits. Um, after that, we'll invite the bridal party members out. Usually what I'll do is we'll have done the individuals. I'll get the couple back together and I'll photograph more poses of them and I'll send the second photographer or an assistant or the wedding planner if they're nearby to go tell the bridal party like, hey, meet us out here. And two quick little logistic notes because I cannot not share these. I hope that made sense. <laughs> Um, bridesmaids need to dry off their bouquets. It's going to leave a drip mark and most bridesmaids dresses are still plain and watermarks, they don't look good. Kind of looks like you had an accident. So bridesmaids need to dry their bouquets. Groomsmen obviously need to have their boutonnieres pinned and things out of their pockets. Can I just say, I struggle even in like engagement sessions or like on wedding days to make sure that like the groom's pockets are empty, but groomsmen are actually the worst offenders because they're like, I'm just a groomsman. I can have my cell phone, my car keys, my wallet and 45 other things in my pockets and on this rented suit, that won't show. Just kidding, it always shows. So having someone around to make sure the groomsmen just take things out of their pockets, they can go put them back in. Ideally, not before the ceremony. Ideally, their pockets would be empty for ceremony too. <laughs> um, but despite all those logistics, we leave 45 minutes for the bridal party portraits. So if there are two photographers tag teaming it, if there are not, uh, questionable. 
But in this example, there's about four to six members on each side of the bridal party. And so what we would do with two photographers is here's what I usually do. We photograph the whole group together in multiple poses and then we split up. So I would photograph like the bride and bridesmaids. And so that means all the girls together and then the bride with each of her bridesmaids individually. And then the second photographer at the same time is photographing the groom and groomsmen all together and groom with each groomsman individually. So we do this so not everyone's just waiting around outside and because you kind of need those portraits and what this, what doing the bridal party portraits before the ceremony does is once the ceremony's over, your sweet, lovely wedding party, bridal party members get to go enjoy cocktail hour with their plus one, which unless they're like a sibling and they need to be in family photos, they will thank you for. And think about it. If you've ever been a bridesmaid or a groomsman, and you've had to leave your significant other or plus one for cocktail hour because you had portraits to take, you know what it feels like. You're like, shoot, I wish I was with my person. Or your person is like, shoot, I wish they were with me. I'm new here. I don't know people. <laughs> so that is the bridal party portraits, 45 minutes for that. And then next up on the timeline is a one hour break. What? Okay. So it might seem a little counterproductive, the main reason for this one hour break is actually because guests can be early birds and usually the bride and groom don't want to show off their attire, especially the bride's dress, until the moment she's like walking into the ceremony. So that's the main reason for a one hour break. Also, a secondary reason, not all guests are usually a full hour early, if things run behind. I have made this the perfect timeline, I think, in my opinion. So honestly, the chances of things running that far behind are going to be due to some sort of disaster like... The hair and makeup artist was an hour late. Just kidding. That would be horrible. I hope that never happens. <laughs> um, so leaving that one hour break actually gives us wiggle room. So maybe we need 15 extra minutes for some extra bridal portraits because the veil was not placed correctly or something like that. So that is the one hour break. And then what the photographers do there. So usually if everything's running on time, we send everyone back in. Honestly, since everyone's seen each other, they can go to their bride and groom suites or they can go hang out together because why not spend most of your wedding day together? Um, this gives the bride and bridesmaids time to touch up if the dress needs to be ironed or the veil needs to be steamed a little bit more, if makeup needs touched up or hairspray, it's always a good idea. Or sorry, I'm thinking of more ideas, lipstick. That's always a great thing to touch up before the ceremony. And then the photographers during this time, we will go capture any moments that are happening in those getting ready rooms, like, you know, in different like religious ceremonies, like sometimes the bride and bridesmaids will have a prayer time together or something before. So any special moments like that. And then we will also photograph the ceremony details that are all set up before your guests get there. Because even if we clear out the space, there's going to be like purses hanging out on the chairs. So we like to get this untouched, a beautiful view that tells the story of your wedding ceremony before people got there. So we'll photograph that and those details. And then if possible, and if things are set up and ready, we love to get um, photos, I almost said videos, of the reception room all decorated, like d details of individual tables, but also a wide angle picture of that whole room decorated. This requires a little bit of, I don't know, perfection and magic because sometimes the venue isn't finished setting up for the reception at this time. Um, or, you know, people sneak in early and leave their purses and coats on chairs. If you can't tell, I am not a purse or coat on chair person. I want it to be like the picture magazine, perfect, like reception room decor. <laughs> but anyways, that's what we do in this one hour break. It keeps the attire hidden from the guests and gives you a chance to touch up because maybe the wedding day is hot or cold and you just need to make sure there's a little bit of a refresh time there. So it also gives you a planner and coordinator time to like line everyone up before the ceremony. 
Wow, this has been a long episode. I'm going to keep zooming through. Um, the next item on the timeline is ceremony. These are about 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes is kind of a better estimate because usually you wait until your guests get there. They might be a few minutes late and seated and locking everyone down. So 45 minutes is probably a pretty good estimate for a ceremony time, unless it's super, super short, then 30 minutes is good. After that is cocktail hour. So obviously that's usually an hour long or an hour, 15 minutes. And then in some cases in different timelines, it could be like two hours long, but in this ideal timeline, we're planning for just a one hour cocktail hour. And so what would happen in this case is the bride and groom would finish their family portraits first. Usually those are about 30 to 45 minutes, hopefully 30 minutes at the long side because that takes a lot. And I know I personally send my couples and have them make a family portrait list. Hopefully your photographer does that too, just to keep things efficient and to give you an accurate understanding of like how much time that list would take. Like if I get back a three page single typed like family photo list, I'm going to like kindly remind my clients like, Hey, that's going to take an hour. Like you're not getting any free time in your cocktail hour. If we do that list. <laughs> So just making sure that like expectations are set well for family portraits, but our goal usually with my couples is that the family photos take about 30 minutes or less, and then the couple gets to mingle during cocktail hour. This is the most popular request lately is just to make sure that the couple gets to enjoy the cocktail hour themselves and they don't just do that only for their guests. I feel like there was a noise in the background. It might've been like a car driving down the street or something. So sorry if that was annoying. <laughs> But after cocktail hour, there's this little in-between moment. So here's what I recommend, and your wedding planner will have ideas about this too. But it's the time where the bride goes to bustle her dress because she's, want to go, she's going to want to do dances and everything later without dragging a big old train behind her. And then the guests at this time can be they can enter into the reception space. So usually cocktail hour is in a different area. And then the guests need to look at the seating chart or just enter the room and take their seats. So at that, that's a good transition time where the DJ is getting everyone seated. The bride gets to bustle her dress. And then there is the grand entrance. I have a lot less timing on things for the rest of the night because actually once you guys enter the reception, the photographer is a fly on the wall and we love it because our main job of directing is almost over for the day. <laughs> so once you guys enter the reception, your photographer will just follow the main events. Um, so in this timeline, let's see, I had the reception entrance at like, you know, 7.15 is the grand entrance. And then I'm thinking of a summer wedding here. I guess I didn't preference that. So the only other time you should really need to leave your reception is for golden hour portraits. These are a gem. First of all, brides, hopefully you love the style of your dress bustled. If not, your photographer might need to unbustle it and rebustle if that's time conscious. <laughs> Um, and you really do want these. It's like a different style of your wedding dress being bustled. You get, you know, I, I usually set this as 10 to 15 minutes and you are so much more relaxed at this portion of your day, whether you know it or not, you've probably done another makeup touch up while you were bustling your dress. And so you'll come out of the reception, do about 10 to 15 minutes extra of portraits, not very long finishes up the portraits of the day, gives you this beautiful light that everyone wants. They'll probably end up being some of your favorite portraits. And then you get to go back into the reception and enjoy the rest of the night. So in this eight hour timeline, we have photography coverage ending at 9 PM. So that will require a little coordination with your DJ to make sure like that there's time for all of the main events. Honestly, when I was looking at this timeline, like eight hours might be a little short. You might want nine or eight and a half or something, but making sure all the main events like toasts, dances, special dances, cake cutting, all those things are fit in. And then 
potentially ending photography coverage with a staged send-off because you're likely going to dance for a few more hours. But if you have your photographer there for a few more hours, you'll have like 700 dancing pictures. Not really, but there's a lot of dancing pictures that you don't need on repeat. If your photographer is there through about five open dancing songs, you're going to have a pretty darn good idea of what the rest of the night looked like, in my opinion. Now, there also are like people who really want the full day captured and I love it, but they can be very long days, like 10 to 12 hours. So keep that in mind when you're thinking of reception photography. But a stage send-off is essentially when the bride and groom and maybe their wedding party, I like to joke, their most sober friends at the time, go out and maybe they'll hold up sparklers or blow bubbles or whatever the send-off like item is and the photographer gets photos of the couple walking through and then everyone goes back into the dance party so the guests actually if this is done well don't even know that you left you get those send-off photos and then you get to keep dancing so you have the photos but the photographer wasn't there for the next six hours of the reception probably not six hours but <laughs> okay so that sped up a little bit toward the end hopefully i didn't talk too fast i probably did but that is the ideal wedding timeline from a wedding photographer's perspective, aka my perspective. <laughs> I will add that almost every wedding day is different and this will require some adjusting, but I will admit this is not a bad place to start. In fact, this is a very good place to start when it comes to your wedding day timeline. So I hope this helps your planning as you're starting if you are starting to look at your timeline details. So now is the time of the episode where I ask you to follow, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, or honestly sharing this podcast episode or others with your friends, I think is still the best way for new people to find the podcast because it's just a baby podcast. And I literally do this for people planning weddings. And I don't think wedding planning podcasts are that popular. So not many people look for podcasts like this. So sharing a podcast with a friend is wonderful. I hope that your wedding planning is going really well, that you aren't too stressed, and always feel free to send me a DM on Instagram if you have a future episode topic request or questions that kind of come from an episode. So thank you so much for listening. I will be back in two weeks with another wedding-related episode. 